0: me something my friend you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight i'm griffin i'm molly and we're going into the superverse
1: welcome welcome to another episode of into Into the the Superverse.
0: superverse We are here tonight discussing the seminal, original, one that started it all, Batman 1989, directed by Tim Burton.
1: Kind of started it in the middle there.
0: Yes, more or less. (laughs) But started... Started a new wave. Started a wave of good quality superhero movies.
1: Definitely started the films. Yep, sure did. So we're going back in time to... The year 1989 or maybe 1947, not entirely sure.
0: It's a little bit of both. Yeah. So, our last episode was The Incredibles. We've gone back about how long?
1: Well, that was, what, the 60s?
0: Yeah. Well, I was also talking about, we can do both of these, the the period of the movie and also, yeah, Incredibles came out in 2004, so we're going back 15 years Quite a leap in that time frame. But yeah, both of those just happen to be these kind of like anachronistic superhero settings. It's like a little bit uh like old school America with a good heaping of futuristic technology just thrown in the mix. And they just Put the blender on.
1: I feel like there's just a certain level of superhero movies that just want to wear, like, the three-breasted gangster suits.
0: Like That's
1: just, like, really important for a certain level of superhero movies, and so that's what they did. You got
0: to have the pinstripes. Yeah. You got to have the bowler hats. I mean,
1: if there's no pinstripes, do you even have a movie?
0: That actually was uh, one of my earlier comments, was, like, the Gotham City that they present is so unique because yeah, it's like all of this like depression era, like gangster aesthetic just dropped into like the seventies, New York from the Warriors.
1: Yeah. But it's even more like oppressive, I guess. Yeah, And it's interesting thinking about the time 1989, um, Full disclosure: Neither of us were alive at the time that this movie came out. Nope. Um, but I, I can imagine like coming off of like the Christopher Reeves Superman movies, which obviously came out a little bit before this, but like a lot brighter. Like it's Superman; he's in his like red and blue he's got his tights on. There were, there's a sun, you know, out there they have daytime hours yeah. in Superman. Um it, a, this is just so much darker. There's and a levity
0: it's to it that it, yeah.
1: Clearly imitating the comics, but it's also like what's going what you were just saying, it's going to start off this like very dark version of Batman that it seems like everybody kind of craves a little bit is you have literally the dark Knight, and then you have like Superman. Cause I feel like those are who they're always juxtaposed to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it stands out amongst the other depictions of Gotham that we've seen so far. I mean, for the strengths of the newer Batman movies, Batman begins was like the only one of the newer set, like any of the post Burton ones, in my opinion, that has like that, Dark, dingy Gotham feeling. And I'm calling out Batman Begins specifically because.
1: You're calling it out? Well,
0: in a good way. They clearly (laughs) put a lot of work, and we'll talk about this more when we do Batman Begins, but they put a lot of work into, like, kind of giving off that, I don't know what to call it, but just, like, really, like, like you said, oppressive atmosphere mixed in with, like, some architectural weirdness. Like, there's the giant monorail and stuff that comes into play, and then well, in the, the later is well, consistent, but. but in the later ones, it's just Chicago, and it's just like a normal city.
1: I feel like this one, this is going to be a, quite a stretch, but um, walk, walk with me here. I'm um, walking,
0: walking and talking.
1: <laughs> so we've all seen Halligan yeah. Stole Christmas with Jim Carrey. We have in Whoville. Yes. This movie, and I'm thinking more the one with the penguin, but it feels like the upside down dark version of Whoville. Like, we've got these, like, kind of wonky looking buildings. Yeah. We've got a parade going through town, literally. Like, it just has that feeling, that cartoonish feeling, but it's not, a like, it's clearly not a cartoon, yeah. but it has that vibe. That's so somehow. right, though,
0: and, like... They really got to play that up. And by they, I mean, Tim Burton really plays it up. Like when you have shots of, you have shots of a city that make it look like a normal city. Like when they're having these press conferences outside like City Hall, it's framed being like, okay, you know, I've seen this before. This looks like Philadelphia or something. And then they'll point the camera up and it's like this giant like Gotham light and power building that's looming comically over like everything else and it's just like spewing smoke and gas and stuff but it is it's a great backdrop for this
1: yeah i think batman returns like uses like the same basic set but it feels even more cartoony like they're in those like narrow streets more and the
0: sewers and stuff yeah yeah they they turn it up to 11
1: I mean, we'll get into that one when we get to it, but that has a whole different vibe, in my opinion. Um, so before we get into the movie, I just didn't know if we wanted to share like our personal history with the film. If you well, had any, I
0: had not seen it until we watched it a couple years ago. Um, somehow, like despite having seen. All of the Nolan Batman movies multiple times, and I was like curious about the the Keaton ones and uh,
1: and Val Kilmer and George Clooney. Oh, Val
0: Kilmer was the one that I knew the least about because, like this one, Batman of course is like iconic, the original, and you have Jack Nicholson, who who's depiction of the Joker like still lives on. Batman Returns. We had the Catwoman. NES cartridge, oh. <laughs> of, which is downstairs in the basement of our new house right now. It's still kicking around for some reason. And that has a picture of Keaton's Batman, yeah, and um, Michelle, Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer and Danny DeVito. So that is like burned into my head, even though, of course, I hadn't seen that either until we recently went back and rewatched all of these. And then I knew about Batman and Robin because... How could you not? It, it It's infamy precedes it. But the Val Kilmer one, I didn't know anything about it besides Val Kilmer.
1: So I had seen all of these as a kid, but I like, didn't know which one was which. Well, I, I, I knew the Michael Keaton ones, and those came on probably the most, especially Batman Returns, which I don't like as choice. much. But they would just come on TV a lot. But I had definitely seen the Val Kilmer one, and the George Clooney one. But they all just were like Batman movies to me. Like they weren't... Like I didn't know anything about it or like the switching of Batman. Like I don't even think I knew that Val Kilmer was different than Michael Keaton probably when I was watching it. Or like didn't really put it together. Man, this guy
0: got some work done. Uh, yeah, I wasn't I mean, like thinking about it, well, I guess. And watching them all like without knowledge that it was like part of a series or in the span of a couple of years... There's, like, no way of knowing. I think maybe a couple people come back for the Val Kilmer one.
1: Like, I knew it more by the sidekicks. So I was like, oh, this is the one with Penguin, or this is the one with the Riddler, this mm-hmm. is the one with um, Joker, obviously, yeah. or I think Poison Ivy is in one. She's in
0: Batman and Robin.
1: Yeah. Robin. So I knew which one Mr. had Robin Freeze. in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, So, I had seen them quite a bit, but when we just watched them a couple years ago, that was the first time watching them, I feel like, as an adult. Although, I think I'd seen the Michael Keaton ones here and there again more recently, but.
0: Yeah, so this one is. So, when you saw Birdman,
1: like, you didn't really appreciate it, I guess, in the same way. Yeah,
0: only insofar as, like, I knew that Michael Keaton had played Batman, but yeah, you know, if there were, like, Specific uh, lines or visual references, yeah. No, I didn't get those.
1: So I would just put on the record that I love Michael Keaton's Batman. I I'm a big Christian Bale fan of the of the movies, but I really have always liked Michael Keaton's Batman. It was fun seeing him come back and not come back, but be in Spider Man and watching Birdman, and apparently he might come back for. It's gonna be
0: a, the um, flash the flash.
1: So I just love that Michael Keaton too has like kinda stayed on the fringe of the superhero franchises since his role as Batman and like in a very fun and like almost light way. Yeah. I mean uh, obviously Birdman's like a dark movie, but like just him choosing to be in it is very light. Like yeah. it says a lot about and him, I like, think.
0: I think he's found his niche a bit in these types of movies. Yeah, I, I had a I Noted that early on in our watch through today that I'm, like, I'm very excited for him to come back in the Flash movie, and I always like when people recount, like, the public reception to his casting at the time, because yeah, was it was just, it was not, I mean, this has happened so many times for superhero movies, but, you know, the public perception of Michael Keaton was not of...
1: He was a comedian.
0: Of, yeah, it, it wasn't, people didn't see him as an action hero. They probably didn't really see him as, like, the Bruce Wayne type either. Exactly. So I, I could see why people would have had their doubts. But, like, he's it's like, so... He's perfect.
1: It's like casting Brian Cranston in Breaking Bad. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's what it was equivalent to.
0: It's like a total, like, out of left field, but it just works. So, you know, whoever the casting director was for this movie did a fantastic job.
1: Actually, what I was reading... I think it was Tim Burton that really pushed for Michael Keaton. Really? And one of the other things I kind of was, while I was reading um, about this, kind of like the whole Batman restart, is that Batman has its own like kind of Kevin Feige person. His name's Michael Uslan, or Uslan, and he has been the executive producer since 1989 and was, like, very pivotal in making sure that, like, Jack Nicholson got cast oh. and a couple other things. He was not, I think, a proponent of Michael Keaton, actually. but <laughs> And what I was reading, I didn't read too much about him, but I think he's had his fingers on all of the Batman movies since then, oh. um, which I just thought was interesting. So,
0: like, a bit of a consultant, maybe? Yeah,
1: I think so. And I think, like, this was kind of his project bringing this movie to the cinema, basically, or the story to the film, and that he got the rights for it in 1979, and it took 10 years to get it off the ground. That's... A- um, yeah, so, I mean, we might end up reading a little bit more about him, but that's that's what I got on that. But what else do you want to talk about?
0: Uh, so, let me see my thoughts from... We have kind of of set the
1: scene. We talked about Gotham in general and like kind of the movie just being like dark, like literally dark. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like it's visually and thematically in line. Um, I had forgotten how the opening like flips Bruce's origin and it's so sneaky because not only does it work as like a parallel for you go into this movie knowing Batman's like origin story. And you're like, oh, what's this? And then they start saying the names, and you're like, oh, that's not right. And then you see him watching, and you're like, oh, it makes so much sense. But also, if you have no idea about Batman as a character at all, or Bruce Wayne as a character, then it serves as like when the reveal happens later in the movie and we see um, the Waynes getting shot. You're like, oh, like this callback. Oh, my God. It's, it, it was so cleverly done.
1: Yeah, but, like, you're also coming from a lens of seeing the...
0: Other movies? The Nolan ones,
1: where that scene is very prominent in the story. And so that's just also interesting, like, you know, who's taking from who, what's really coming directly from the comics, like, since we don't really know the comics... But, like, obviously, like, that is a known origin story. Like, that hasn't changed, really, from my understanding, the what happens to the Waynes. But, um, like, I wonder people going into this movie, 1989, if they knew that that was supposed to mirror... The Wayne's. Yeah. You know like if they knew the comic that well which I don't think most people did. Yeah. Or I mean, and I doubt they really did that in the TV show because I think the TV show was pretty light.
0: Yeah. I, I don't see them doing that. <laughs> Fully grown Adam West.
1: But in like speaking of it being dark <sighs> I just had a question because I'm again fam- I am familiar with the Christian Bale ones and like he has a rule. That he doesn't kill anyone, do, is that across the board? Like, do we get that in the Michael Keaton ones? Like, cause does he kill one of the guys like first thing in that first scene? I mean,
0: he kills a bunch of people in this movie. Yeah, I don't. I was actually.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I reading up on that kills a little the bit. Joker, but.
0: But um, yeah, I was wondering the same thing. I don't have anything conclusive on it. It kind of seems like.
1: It's not the, a thing. The no
0: killing rule is something that maybe, like, garnered traction over a couple of decades in the comics, but it was never, like, a hard rule. But now, that's like a, you know, if it wasn't a hard rule then, it definitely is now, because it's been flipped, you know, in the DCEU Batman, the Batfleck. Him killing people, or, you know, like, really, really, like...
1: Which movie are you talking about?
0: Uh, Batman v Superman. Oh, like they Ben Affleck's They were using Batman. him like mauling people and killing people oh. as like this is like Batman that has gone down like a really bad path. But in this one, it's Batman doing his thing, and he is just he is just killing people.
1: I thought that was just um, that movie. Like that I, they're just no, every all of the superheroes kill people. Yeah,
0: but I think it's supposed to be like. Well, like, in Man of Steel, we're really getting off, but in Man of Steel, he, like, is trying not to kill Zod, but, like, they are specifically in Batman v. Superman, like, Alfred is, like, you are, like, you need to take a step back, because you're, you're, like, literally branding people and stuff. Oh, yeah, I mean, I know
1: he's, like, gone too far, but I just mean, like, I don't think it was so out of character that he's, like, killed people. It wasn't, like... He used to have that role and then, like, fell from it.
0: I guess that's how right? a lot of people interpret oh. it. Because they never said it one way or another, but because that's most people's, like, understanding of the character now, it's like if he's not abiding by that, then something has gone wrong. But, uh yeah, it's, it's interesting thinking about this Batman being, like, the lighter Batman of the movie representations that we've got. Uh, and, yeah, he just... Sends Joker to his death. I mean, he's
1: not like trying to kill anyone. Like he tried to save Joker the first time.
0: Yeah. The second time, though. Yeah. Well. <laughs> he 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 goes up to him and says, "I'm going to kill you," and then he does. <laughs> the follow through. And on the note of Joker, um, we actually just watched like this little documentary yeah. that was recommended by HBO Max after we finished the movie called Joker put on happy face. I think it was like a little, just like a little half hour thing that they put together just after about the, the history Joker movie of the character. came out. And, uh, that compounded like just any comments that I would have about Jack Nicholson in this movie. I mean,
1: what do you mean?
0: Just, it, it just built upon like seeing him talk about it and seeing everybody in that documentary praise his role it was just such a defining, uh, defining depiction of this character, much like Heath Ledger's was and still is, but in a different way. Like
1: I kind of feel like it's just a defining role, and so by extension, like when people play it and like play it relatively well, like it just becomes to def- like the role itself. It like that
0: character is defining. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. It, that's true but like
1: but they all bring something and to
0: plus it, i just love like the way that they introduce his character because it kind of felt like when the newest joker movie came out and it was like kind of based on the killing joke and i was like we're gonna give joker a name and we're gonna give him like a clearly defined backstory right that's not something that's like super common in the comics right. this one was like yeah no this guy's name is jack napier and he was a like mob enforcer and we're going to tell you exactly what happened and show you all of it
1: which i feel like was a very conscious choice when they were doing that script because that they completely made that up but i guess they just wanted a character Mm -hmm. and it was easy like to just with what they were telling like to do that almost
0: yeah if i had to guess it was just like we don't want like general audiences don't know like this comic character so we can't just like go in like off the rib and have him already be like purely like psychopathic joker it's like let's pull back the curtain a little bit and we'll we'll get there and it doesn't take too long and clearly he's like already a little screwy
1: well that's my biggest um criticism i guess of the joker in the movie is that they keep telling us, like, oh, he's psychotic, like, before he becomes Joker. But I don't feel like we ever see that. And so we're just supposed to, like, believe it. And yeah. I feel like it would have been more impactful to, like, show him doing something, like, really unhinged before. If if that's what they wanted to, to tell, the story they wanted to tell, which I think they were trying to tell us that. I think
0: but. you're right. I wonder if they had wanted to, but it's, like, when he's not in his Joker persona, any of those acts of violence becomes, like, a lot more, like, real, I guess. Like, when he's not using, like, wind-up bombs and stuff. It was, like, what they were talking about, like, how having to handle such a violent character and still make it, like, somewhat...
1: For, like, Like, kids,
0: family-friendly. Because you know? this movie is dark enough already. I guess the closest thing we get is in the flashback when he is, like, aiming and cocking the gun at bruce
1: yeah but that's like already. excuse me that's like already pretty late into the movie um i one of my other like kind of general notes was like this movie is not really like a typical origin story movie although it is kind of like he's not really like batman's not really established obviously joker's not established um but it like but he is like he already has all of this stuff but like this is also maybe a flaw. Like the police are like, What? We've never seen this guy before. Like they're genuinely shocked when they see him, but like this reporter's been talking about it for a while.
0: I mean, I don't know how old Bruce Wayne is supposed to be in this movie, but like just going off I think Michael his like thirties in his thirties, so he's been presumably active Batman for like over a decade.
1: Oh, I don't think
0: that long. Well, that's like I'm just going with like I know, probably not, but like in the comics it's like, yeah, he's like a teenager and like starts to do his crime fighting then. But either way, maybe not a decade, but years before it just happens to you know it's years before they cross paths, which is pretty wild.
1: Where are where do you land on like wanting to have a background story for the Joker, or do you like not knowing anything about him.
0: It's hard for me to say, like, one way or the other, because comparing, like, this to the the Dark Knight, which is, like, the Dark Knight had the advantage of an audience who already knew who this character was, and they didn't have to do an origin story but like that was so good because it was like self-explanatory and like doing a doing an origin story for that depiction would take away from it
1: right cuz so exactly. much of it is like
0: the mystery but i think this one works very well because i don't think this version of the joker would have been as engaging without seeing him first and like getting betrayed like by like another criminal basically but
1: I also that's like a hard question. I really enjoy this like maybe it's kind of campy, but this like full circle moment of like I created you, like I literally dropped you in this yeah. like thing of acid, and then it's like oh you created me because you killed my parents, and it is it's like that self fulfilling prophecy of them like always being a part of each other that they do touch on in the Dark Knight, but um, I kind of like that in this. But yeah,
0: I really do too. Um, I mean, I guess it like the origin story for me works better in this movie than it does in Joker, which is a bit silly because that's all the that Joker is, but Joker wasn't really trying to do the same thing. It's Despite not in being context. Character, I can't really.
1: It's not in like context of a Batman movie.
0: Yeah. And like Batman's there, but he's like literally a child and his parents aren't dead yet. So it's like, but, uh. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it really depends. I, you know, it makes me wonder. Having like someone that had read the comics since the fifties, and then they do the Killing Joke, which was like the first, like, I think it was like the first Joker origin story, and that wasn't like it wasn't meant to be canon. It was just kind of like
1: a one off.
0: Yeah, just like a bit of a, a small side story with like, here's a possible way this could have happened. Um, but it's not going to get carried over into the main Batman comics.
1: Um. Oh, and I think that, like, what I just said about it, like, kind of being full circle, I think when this movie came out, though, like, comic fans did not like that they attached Joker to being the one that killed the parents. I think I was reading that. Or, like, it it was, like, mixed, but, like, there was definitely, like, vocal people from the comics being, like, that's not what happened.
0: (laughs) I, yeah. I mean, if they, if they did something like that in, like, a movie, now you'd still get the same fan response. It was, like, good for, like, a twist.
1: Yeah, and, like, him saying that line, I thought was just so great. Like, I don't know if that's a line that the Joker says in the comics, but.
0: I've only ever heard it referenced, like, to this movie.
1: But um, I loved
0: it. Think, yeah, yeah. No, it's it was originally from the movie. Yeah, screenwriter was like, I got it.
1: I thought it was great.
0: Yeah, no, it was fantastic. Let's see. Uh, one of the like kind of recurring things that I like in this, and we get it in the other Batman movies too. But Michael Keaton plays Bruce Wayne with like such an air of like nonchalance. <laughs> in all the situations that he finds himself in. And I just love a good, like, long dining table joke. <laughs> so, like, when he has Vicki Vale over to Wayne Manor and they're eating soup on the opposite ends of a table and they can't hear each other, and he, like, has to get up to pass the salt, just it just kills me. And that, like, carries through to, like, when she's asking... Like, which one of these guys is Bruce Wayne? he's like, I don't know. And even more, like, Oh, yeah, I love outside, that party yeah. scene. And then, like, later, when Joker shows up at the press conference and, like, mows everybody down. And Bruce is just, like, standing there with, like, basically, like, kind of a processing, kind of bemused look on his face.
1: A little absent.
0: Yeah. Which, like... They kind of do something similar with Christian Bale's Batman, but he brings like a like a harder edge to it. Keaton's is just like he plays-I oh, think it's it, very
1: similar. Well, Especially like that party scene, I think like how he interacts. I
0: do with think it's people. similar, but I think it's like Christian Bale's like screen presence. And like the stuff that they have him do in it, like when he's like, All right, everybody out, like the party's over and Batman begins. Oh like yeah. you don't get that edge with Michael Keaton. Um,
1: He leans into being, like, an asshole more. Yeah. But it's all... I mean, it's very different. Right. Like, context, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But I just enjoy his... He's, like, playful as Bruce Wayne, like, acting-wise, which I really like. And
1: I do think that's, like, Michael Keaton's, like, coming from a more comedy background. Speaking of comedy, I think one of the best character we've been talking about like iconic characters but one of the best roles that I think most actors should like covet is the role of Alfred. It's just like a really wonderful role because you get to be so fun it's like an it's usually an older person obviously and like they're just like in on this like thing they're helping. There, it's just like a fun role, and I've always enjoyed any Alfred that we've seen. Yeah. Like, pretty much. And
0: they're like uh, Loved
1: this one. Michael Caine. Michael
0: Caine. Yeah. I mean, even
1: the new one in the Ben Affleck Jeremy ones. Adams I like him a lot. Didn't get a
0: whole lot to do, but uh yeah, I mean Alfred's like the through line of all of these movies, and he's like the the uh kind of doing his best to keep Bruce Wayne in check. So, yeah. But he's also, point. like,
1: very complicit.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's he's an enabler.
1: Yeah, but, like, I love it.
0: Yeah, the he has a great line in this one where he's like, I have no interest in spending the last years of my life grieving dead friends or, or their, their sons. <laughs> which, like, Bruce has no response to. He's just kind of like, well. Well, and
1: that becomes such... Such a thing with Michael Caine too. It's like you're, you've turned into something that like you didn't want to be, or or you know trying to separate the two.
0: Yeah, and in, and in Dark Knight Rises, of course, they get to <clears throat> like ride that like hypothetical out. It's like, well, he took it too far, and right. like, dies, and that's like devastating.
1: I mean, he's his, like, conscience, yeah, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah. And he's not ever going to stop him, but, you know, he'll at least make him maybe... He'll give him, like, a second of pause that he wouldn't have had otherwise.
1: And then get to say, I
0: told you so. He <laughs> always gets that moment.
1: I, don't, I didn't like that Alfred, in this movie, though, just straight up brought Vicky Vale... <laughs> With no... To the layer it's like mm-hmm. we just met her like i don't trust her enough to share this secret
0: pretty bold and
1: she's like i loved you from the moment i didn't know who you were and i was like i mean that's not the line that's just what i'm saying but <laughs> i just i didn't care about the romance in this story like i didn't need a romance plot to enjoy this movie yeah and i normally love a romance
0: it wasn't the backbone of it i like Kim Basinger as Vicki Vale in it though, Um, and I do have like a comment saying that.
1: Yeah, I think she was great.
0: Yeah, but like I agree with you. Like the romance was not necessary. I would be curious to see what would have, you know, what kind of story would have come out of her being included in Batman Returns, but it kind of seemed like uh, you
1: wouldn't be able to do as much with Michelle Pfeiffer. But
0: yeah, Tim Burton didn't want to make that movie. So when he did make it, he was like, this is not going to be a sequel. Like, this is its own Batman movie. Yeah. Even though it is a sequel.
1: (laughs) Uh, It just kind of felt like, oh, James Bond always has, like, a Bond girl, so we need to have a literal Bond girl in this, too.
0: Yeah, we we looked that up because I was like, "I I think she was a Bond girl. And, yes, she played a Bond girl in the one James Bond movie that we have never watched, which is Never Say Never Again. Never
1: Um, say. We will never watch it.
0: Never. (laughs) But uh, as far as I can tell, there's no reason to.
1: I think that they had that entire parade scene just so they could play the Prince song that they got. Oh, yeah. He did that for this movie, I think.
0: He did the whole... He did a whole soundtrack.
1: I thought he just did, like, two
0: songs. Well, he... I think only... Maybe only two of them were actually in this, and they would have had one for the credits, too. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, no, Batman is the 11th studio album by Prince, and it's the soundtrack album to the movie. Uh, it stayed at number one for six weeks, and its lead single, Bat Dance, was Prince's <laughs> first number one song since Kiss. It's certified wow. double platinum.
1: Yeah, I mean, that part was just kind of long, and I was, like, falling asleep at that point in the movie. Nothing against Prince, but I was like, oh, my gosh, There's I'm, like, dozing off, and they're still, like, at, on this song. I
0: think the Prince soundtrack is brings so much, like, color to it. Cause,
1: oh, I thought it was really fun. Yeah. I was I just it. getting kind of sleepy while we like,
0: watching. <laughs> it's been a long day. When Joker is, like, trashing the museum and it's playing a Prince song, I, like, I love it so much because... If you didn't, you know, if you didn't have an artist like Prince attached making your soundtrack for a movie, it's, you could have thrown any other song in there, whether it was like classical music to fit like the museum or like something like rowdy, or it'd be like, yeah, we're destroying all this art. But Prince is just such like so distinct. It's like okay, this is like its own personality to all these scenes that use his score or soundtrack, which is great. And also on a music note, not Prince, but when Joker first appears in all of his glory and kills his former boss. With his hat. Yeah. And it starts playing carnival music while he's, like, gunning this guy down. I'm like, this is great. It's very Tim Burton. Yeah. But also, like, you've, you've gotten it because you've seen Jack Napier, like, in his mob scenes and it's not, like, goofy or anything when they're having these shootouts. It's, like, your standard... Dan- yeah. Danny Elfman scored it and you have like your standard stuff but this time it's like okay there's a shift yeah
1: and on, kind of on a similar note like the costumes in this movie are really fun like what they do with mostly with Jack Nicholson and like his whole squad has like matching yeah. jackets that are like nice like I want one of those bomber well, jackets Taylor,
0: I said that you gotta respect the Joker is so coordinated with his gang that even their cars are Joker colored in that car chase where they're chasing the Batmobile, they're purple on the bottom and green on top. I knew that like, the to do Who did these paint jobs? Yeah. their whole squad.
1: Um, yeah, I just... I love the jackets. It's got his little face on it. I think that was really funny. Um, in general, I just like all the gadgets. I love any kind of you know gadget. Classic Batmobile. So There's so many
0: gadgets in this one.
1: The plane is really cool. I think that the Batmobile and the plane are better than... Like, they look f- more fun than in the Christian Bale ones, which clearly that's, like, high tech, and we're going to talk about that. But, like, there's just something fun about, like, a well, classic.
0: Because yeah. all those ones are, like, these are, quote-unquote, like, realistic, like, military tech, and they're all, like, hard edges and stuff. These ones are, like, yeah, like. It's literally the, the, the shape of all, a bat. It looks like like a, like a drag racer car. Like, it's so cool. And it's all curvy lines and stuff.
1: And that kind of adds, like, the
0: cartooniness. Mm -hmm. It just It does such a good job of skirting that line of cartoony and, like, I'm not going to say realism, but the grittiness of it. Like, when, at the end, after Joker has fallen to his death, and there's, like, the laughing that's, like, coming from, like, one of his gadgets, it's like, this is goofy that he would have had that on hand just to play his laugh, presumably in case of his death. But it's also, like, also spoopy. Spoopy.
1: Another note I had about the Joker at the end here was uh, Jack Nicholson's Joker definitely has the best quips. I think he's funnier than Heath Ledger, which I know Heath Ledger's not supposed to be, like, funny, but, like, he does have some funny lines. Yeah. But, like... It's just like zinger after zinger with Jack Nicholson, and I he am never lets here up. for it.
0: <laughs> I also enjoyed. There was a bit of a a parallel that I didn't notice last time we watched, and I wonder if The Dark Knight had like this is an intentional callback. You know, in The Dark Knight, when he's driving the motorcycle towards him, and Heath Ledger's Joker is like, "Hit me, hit me!" And in this one, he's like, "Come to me, you gruesome son of a bitch!" I feel like it must be playing yeah. at him.
1: I think that there are actually, even though they're very different stylistically movies, I think that Christopher Nolan made a lot of callbacks to this
0: movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how could you not? When you're talking about the costumes for Joker's gang, of course, like visually this movie like pops everywhere. Something that I thought was very funny and like, like low key, even though they showed close-ups of it, is after they find out that Joker is distributing his chemicals throughout makeup and all. And they go back to the newsroom, and the newscasters are not wearing makeup, and as the movie goes on, they get progressively more, like, disheveled and greasy, and the guy has, like, pimples, pimples all over his face. Yeah. I just thought that was so funny.
1: I, like, didn't know what was happening at first. I thought that it was, like, they were be- becoming ill yeah. from the stuff, but it's, like, very subtle.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't even know if I noticed it last time. I may have very well have just thought that they were different people. <laughs> but I was like, oh, this is funny.
1: Um, the only other, like, kind of plot thing I wanted to point out was, so at the end, they're on their clock tower or on their bell tower. And he's like, you killed my parents. And then he's like, they, it's like he already, like, the Joker already knows that he's Bruce Wayne. And I'm like, when did he find that out? Like, is that why he targeted, um, Vicky, uh, what's her name?
0: Vicky, yeah. I don't... Like, I feel like I missed something. I don't know if we were supposed to realize, along with Joker, like, when he goes to Vicky's apartment and he, like, fights back or something. Let me, uh, let me take a uh, look-see on the old Google here. (laughs) Uh... Here are two guesses from a seven-year-old Reddit thread. He was either just rolling with the punches of the conversation, uh, or he was just lying. <laughs> um, yeah, this person said that I always took it that Joker just assumed Batman knew that knew what he was talking about, and Joker was being like, I've killed a lot of parents, like, don't take it personally.
1: Okay, so we weren't supposed to know something, though.
0: Or also... Like Batman says Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight to Joker?
1: Oh right. So he probably that's, Yeah, exactly. That could good call internet. That's probably it. Yes, I think that's exactly As it. fun
0: as it is to just think that he was just <laughs> saying whatever to go along with Batman. Yeah.
1: Um, those are kind of all my notes.
0: Yeah, that pretty much covers everything that I had. Um I think we were both a little tired when we were watching the movie, but thoroughly a... enjoyed it,
1: per as usual.
0: It was very, very good.
1: So we did we were doing some research because we wanted to find out who's the greatest detective of all time.
0: Yes. And who will be the world's greatest detective today? Me? Griff? Or you, Maul?
1: Detective of what? What are we doing? Detective
0: of fun facts. Both of us looked up a fun fact while we were watching the movie to see what was out there. Whoever has the most fun fact wins, and we will be deciding that between the two of us.
1: Or you can write in and tell us.
0: While you leave a review. So, Maul, what was your fun fact?
1: I've been sprinkling in a little fun facts here and there as we've gone. But my main fun fact was, once again, tying in this movie with the Christopher Nolan one. So when, this is according to the internet, so very safe to say that it is accurate. Of course. But there's um, a part in this movie, 1989 Batman, when Vicky is looking at the um, newspaper article about when Bruce's parents were killed, and he's like, the picture is of him sitting in the police station, Mm -hmm. and... Apparently, there's like a deleted scene. F- I think they said there's a deleted scene from this movie where they do the Commissioner Gordon. Or no, they don't do Commissioner Gordon. They do like of the police guy like putting his coat on him or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that they do that in the Christopher Nolan movie. Like they do that with the whole Commissioner oh. Gordon thing. And it's supposed to be like a reference to that.
0: Very interesting. And fun.
1: Super fun. Love a love a callback, I guess we do love a callback.
0: I have mine's a fun fact. It's also a bit a little bit of just general trivia. It's not something from the movie itself. It was from the uh, press surrounding the movie at the time. Our Bruce Wayne of the hour, Michael Keaton, had gone on Letterman just as part of a promo tour for the movie and this man decided to preempt the legacy of all of the tom hollands and mark rufflos of the world by spoiling it in front of the audience who are probably full of batman fans and immediately pissing them all off because letterman asked i'm pretty sure a kind of like jokey question about like oh like so can you tell us like what happens at the end of the movie and Michael Keaton was like, Well, everybody knows that Batman's parents are dead. But yeah, no, he finds out that it was the Joker uh, at the end of the movie. And he's like, Oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. And the audience is like audibly like groaning <laughs> and like booing him. No wonder. Because they're like, so What upset.
1: the fuck? <laughs> that is like, a pretty fun
0: fact. They're there all hyped to see the movie. And. The star of it just. <laughs>
1: Do you think <laughs> like well, complicated well, I guess emotions after it that. wasn't the same back then about like spoilers. It, I mean, it was obviously still bad, but
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think so because, like, I, I think, like now, you would have like very strict <laughs> instructions, right, or perhaps even like a non-disclosure it's agreement. In,
1: it's in your contract, yeah,
0: yeah, but. <laughs> at that time it was just kind of <laughs> like a oopsie
1: I just looked back at my fun fact just to make sure I had it right and so it says on the special edition DVD extras actor ba- Pat Hingle reveals that a scene was filmed that showed a young Bruce Wayne being cared for by Commissioner Gordon the photo of young Bruce being held by an unseen policeman in the newspaper story that Vicki Bale reads is from that scene The discarded scene was later used by Christopher Nolan and Gary Oldman, and
0: Batman Begins. Interesting.
1: I just want to make sure I had it correct.
0: That's so cool.
1: Who won the fun fact? Who's the best detective? Who's the greatest detective of all time? Hmm. Batman? Hmm.
0: Yeah, I think at the end of the day, it's Batman.
1: I think we'll let the listeners decide.
0: Between the two of us, here and now at this table, it's a draw, but... If you got something to say about it, hit us up on our socials. Well, shall we just run through, like, our... Maybe just do, like, a favorite scene here and try to pick someone that we want to be in this Gotham City hellscape? Oof.
1: I want to be in a different city.
0: Yeah, I want to go to Metropolis, where Superman is. It's a lot sunnier over there.
1: I mean, I would obviously want to be Alfred.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I honestly have no better choice than that. All of these characters are in an, in a state. I guess?
1: I mean, you could pick a different Batman character, I guess.
0: Hmm. You know,
1: Poison Ivy. I
0: don't think I want to be Poison Ivy.
1: Catwoman. Hmm. Bane.
0: No, what's, what's the... Best, like, Batman side character.
1: Robin. Without
0: the least... I need the least (laughs) traumatizing backstory and the best powers. I like Mr. Freeze's freeze gun, but his wife is constantly comatose, so that's no fun. Hmm. I don't know. Everybody in Batman is really fucked up.
1: We, We all know you're a Robin.
0: Can I get the Robin whose parents don't die? Is there even another one? I don't know.
1: It's not looking good. <laughs> um, what about your favorite scene?
0: I think it's cliche, but it's got to be when Bruce Wayne is in Vicki Vale's apartment when Joker shows up and he gets to do his little acting job with the fireplace poker. I just think, like, from start to finish, I really like it just because... Not only like, the acting is great, I like the lines too because Joker gets like a good moment at the end before he leaves, but I also like the whole way that that scene is shot because it's like, compared to the rest of the movie, it's like a very open, which the characters comment on, and like bright space, <laughs> um, but it was also just, that's like the most that Michael Keaton like breaks the Bruce Wayne persona intentionally, but... I think the first time we watched it, I was like, oh, this is really cool.
1: That one is really good. I wasn't thinking about it when we were watching. I was kind of, like, passively watching the movie. Um, hmm. I mean, it's not really, like, a scene, but I just like the connection. Have you ever seen...
0: Have you ever danced with the devil? Have you ever danced with the
1: devil in the pale moonlight? Yeah.
0: I so think that both counts.
1: that scene connecting to the end scene, I guess. Any
0: scene where it's mentioned. Yeah, There's I mean, yeah, a great touch.
1: Um, yeah, so we will continue watching all of the Batman movies as we go along. Who knows when we'll watch the next one, but...
0: Yeah, we've been jumping around a bit here, but we definitely owed DC some time on the pot. Uh, so yeah, eventually we'll, we'll be hopping to the next Keaton, and then we'll have a lot to talk about with the Val Kilmer and George Clooney ones. Uh, so we probably won't end up getting to the Christopher Nolan ones until later, but you've all heard opinions about those before. But yeah, it's exciting. These are just so fun to watch.
1: Um, yeah, so, so keep, uh, keep listening, and we'll probably be doing Thor here soon.
0: Yeah, Thor's coming up. We'll probably do Sky High soon.
1: With special guests. Thanks for tuning in. You it, know where to find us. Yeah. I
0: hope. Uh, and if you don't, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, we're on anywhere where you get your podcasts.
1: Leave us a review.
0: Yes. If, if you're on Spotify, if you're on Apple Podcasts, just please, please, please hit us up with five stars. Help us get the word out. If you enjoy, tell your friends, tell your family.
1: And we've been... Into,
0: into the-, the super race.